This is Commemorate Canada. It's 1969 in a town called Pond Inlet on the northern tip of Baffin Island, in what's now called Nunavut. A group of Inuits stand outside, preparing to travel. Their destination is Frobisher Bay, now known as Iqaluit. It's way, way down at the southern edge of the massive island. Why is this group making this big trip? They're a curling team, and they're hoping to qualify for the first ever Arctic Winter Games, which will be held the following year. But perhaps the most interesting thing to know is how this group is planning to travel the more than 1,600 kilometers to Iqaluit. They're going by dog team. I'm Tim Querengesser, and this is Commemorate Canada, a podcast about Canadian anniversaries in history. The podcast is a partnership between Canadian Geographic, Heritage Canada, and the Government of Canada. If you've ever wondered how the Arctic got its very own version of the Winter Olympics with a circumpolar twist, you're not alone. The Games got their start 50 years ago, in March 1970. Organizers dreamt of promoting Arctic culture, sport, and human connections that span the vast distances of the Arctic. Today, the Arctic Winter Games have evolved. They feature youth-only competition in Western sports. Think speed skating and skiing, but also table tennis and badminton as well as adult and youth competition in some very unique Arctic sports, with athletes from around the circumpolar world. But what exactly are Arctic sports? For that, you'll have to keep listening. Nearly 800 athletes and coaches, many of them Indigenous, arrived in Yellowknife for the first-ever Arctic Winter Games, They came from the eastern edge of North America and the western edge, too. Among them was Canada's Prime Minister, Pierre Trudeau, who travelled north to launch the event. Trudeau lit three torches and later, after some convincing, tried his hand at the high kick, too. But what made these games Arctic other than the location? As author Fran Hercombe has explored in her book, Inspired by Dreams, about the game's history, the first Winter Games was an attempt to answer that. The founders were non-Indigenous politicians living in the North. They had watched the first Canada Winter Games in Quebec in 1967 and decided something similar was needed in the Arctic. By 1968, this group convinced the Yukon, the Northwest Territories, and even Alaska to create a corporation to host a Winter Games that was exclusively for Northerners. Part of the idea was to collapse distances. From the western edge of Alaska to the eastern edge of Arctic Canada is more than 5,000 kilometers. Yet there are deep commonalities. Inuit, one of many indigenous groups in the Arctic, are indigenous to Greenland, Russia, Canada, and Alaska, after all. Another answer is opportunities. The games were a way to give Arctic athletes a way to hone their talents and achieve larger sports success beyond the north. The first games in 1970 featured 10 events, badminton, basketball, boxing, curling, cross-country skiing, figure skating, hockey, shooting, table tennis, and volleyball. Alaska, the Yukon, and the NWT all competed to be the top team. Winners got medals, 
which were made in the shape of ulus, the traditional knives of the Inuit. The Northwest Territories won. But soon after that first competition in 1970, many involved realized for the Arctic Games to be truly Arctic, they needed competitions that already existed in the North. Enter Arctic Sports. Picture a woman kicking one foot into the air. No big deal, right? Well, picture this woman kicking her foot more than seven feet in the air and hitting a seal hide that hangs at that height. Or picture a man hopping in a push-up position with clenched fists as he travels more than 180 feet across a wooden gymnasium floor. The sport, known as the knuckle hop, is specifically designed to test your ability to push through pain. Arctic sports are indigenous competitions that test strength, endurance, hunting prowess, but also camaraderie and negotiation. The most well-known Arctic sport is probably snowshoeing, or maybe harpooning. The least understood is probably Dene hand games, often called stick gambling. And because the Arctic Winter Games has continually evolved over its 50 years, to include Arctic competitors from Nunavik in northern Quebec, as well as northern Alberta, Greenland, several indigenous regions of northern Russia, Siberia, Yamal Nenets, the idea of what Arctic Games are continues to grow. Consider the sledge jump, a tradition linked to reindeer herding of the Yamal Nenets people of Arctic Russia. The jump is as it sounds. Competitors leap over a sled. The world record is more than 800 consecutive jumps. The sledge jump came to the Arctic Winter Games with the Yamal Nenets contingent, which joined in 2006. On its 50th anniversary, what is the future of the Arctic Winter Games? Perhaps this is best answered with how the games have pushed through adversity. As the games became less popular, they branched out across the Arctic to include Greenland, Russia, and northern Alberta in 1990. But we must also consider the more recent times. In March, the 2020 Arctic Winter Games to be held in Whitehorse, Yukon, were cancelled just weeks before competition started due to the COVID-19 pandemic. The next games to be held in 2022 are set for Fort McMurray, Alberta, and they'll work to use ideas that were going to be adopted in the 2020 games. Thanks for joining me on this journey through one significant anniversary of Canadian history. If you haven't done so, subscribe to our podcast and you can also rate and review us. This podcast is available at no cost on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and also at cangeo.ca. To get in touch with us, send us a message on social media or email editor at canadiangeographic.ca. Today's episode is built from research by author Fran Hercombe, who lives in Yellowknife. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.